What's up, podcast fans? It's a Too Much Dip podcast. It's Monday. My name is Dave. I'm going to host. As always, in studio with me, I've got none other than Dylan Shivery. Well, hello, David. Thank you for the fine introduction. Hello, KJ from Wisconsin. Man, uh, well, two more football lists, college football list Saturdays until the season starts. Cannot get here soon enough. That's something I've said for a long, long time. Yeah. Yeah, uh, you have always said that. Man, it's getting so close, Davey. Did you guys watch a lot of preseason ball? Been no. a big preseason weekend. I don't know what it is. I know it's actual real football. I, I can't. I just can't. Bro, two more sleeps till actual football. That's what people would tweet. And I'd be like, fuck okay. yeah. What? Okay. Fair, fair, fair. I mean, if you'd watch any uh, football this weekend, specifically the uh, Chiefs-Saints game, you would have seen former – SMU, by the way, of Texas, and also Arlington Lamar High School quarterback Shane Bouchelle make a uh, Sports Center top ten play. Uh, that was it was quite nice. It was nice. Uh, I won't say which one of the hosts on this show uh, really felt that uh, his noodle arm wouldn't last in the NFL versus I don't know Big Sam uh, Ellinger. Both still in the league, but Bouchelle. Was, Okay. Was it Randy? Did Randy say some shit? What is he, third in KC and (laughs) never actually completed an actual regular season NFL pass? Correct. I guess. That sounds right. Ellinger has that on him for sure. Okay. Okay. Interesting. I'm I'm happy for Shane. I didn't know he was still uh, bouncing around a little bit. Hey, it's a good organization to be a part of, right? It's good. uh, Sticking with the same place. He was drafted by them. Bounce. Okay. I don't know. Guess KJ. KJ's in Wisconsin. What's up? Uh, elated to be here. Um, I'd like to derail our uh, show here uh, briefly. Actually, do we want to talk about our live streams? Let's do that before I tell the people how I almost lost a child this weekend. Okay. Why don't you start? Tell us about the live streams. <laughs> Everyone's favorite part of the Too Much Dip podcast is coming back this fall in two weeks, two and a half weeks, you know. Specific date and time, TBD. Uh, but yeah, our weekly live streams in which we will uh, talk specific NFL games uh, for the upcoming week. Who knows? Maybe we'll hit you with a Monday night live stream and talk about the uh, week that's passed and the Monday night football slate that lies ahead. Either way, either way good folks at DraftKings are back on board and make that happen. So uh, looking forward to it. If you have not done so already, Go subscribe to Too Much Dip on YouTube. I believe that's youtube.com slash too much dip. Go do that and go find the um, clip that we posted of the uh, Nate Diaz, Logan Paul lookalike <laughs> choke out in New Orleans and jump into the comments and just like start, just mix it up. We need to get that thing going again. I want to, I want to quadruple our following again. So let's, let's see if we can breathe some life into that. That was a fun time. I forgot that that was a lookalike situation. So uh, given the post-fight uh, uh, results, yeah, hit those comments with, looks like this, uh, look like the boys are right. You can fuck around with Nate Diaz. I don't know, mix it up, like like David said. Anyways. Um, very interested in this Cheetos story. Yeah, so uh, throughout the week, we will uh, communicate as a podcast. Uh, we'll do and talk about things that we'd like to have on the rundown. We'll meet Fridays, get stories out there. Um, this past weekend, I had a family reunion. I don't know if either of y'all have attended one in the past. It was my first time attending one. 
my family's held one, I guess. I found out like every five or six years. My dad's just never really been interested in going. It's always in Chicago, and so it's very convenient to go this year. Uh, have either of y'all done the family reunion at any point in time? Went to one about 30 years ago. So uh, <laughs> it's a long time ago. It's been a minute. I feel like you're dead. Literally. I don't think either side of my family does family reunions. Now, I've done f- trips with. Right. But never something that was dubbed like the Marino or the rough family reunion. That's not a thing. Which kind of makes me Got sad because it. it seems like I, there's a. I could see how it would be fun chaos. Also a beating, but overall like a fun, worthwhile thing. But you tell me. Could you a flight to Dusseldorf or something? You know, meet up with uh, the family. I don't know how you say family in German. I feel like it's a a fun 10 minutes and it's like, okay, (laughs) good to see everyone. Don't really want to carry on a conversation much longer. I'll see you at the next one. That yeah, that your hot cousin. She started mixing up with you, and you're like, oh no. No, I no, I wasn't thinking that way. But okay. uh, maybe I could see the Trumbackies having a big family reunion. How, what do you think? Uh, no. Okay. Really, I mean, everyone's just stayed in the Chicagoland area, so like every kid's birthday party, every holiday is just. A, oh yeah. So all right, no chef. Wacky Trumbacky get together. Cousin shows up, does something crazy. Mm-hmm. You guys seen the Trimbacky bear? Fest? Trimbacky <laughs> Fest. Uh, tell us, tell <laughs> us, KJ, what happened? Uh, yeah, so my uh, dad flew into Milwaukee, which is not very far from Madison. You can get a few more flight options direct into Milwaukee from Dallas. I was very eager to see him. I don't often do the uh, go into the airport and like wait on someone exiting the secure area. In fact, I don't think I've ever done that for a significant other or anyone. Uh, but in this situation, you know, with two little ones, it was a good opportunity to get them out of the car, use the restroom, have them run around a bit while we're waiting on uh, you know, their G dad, as he's uh, known to them. Um, during this wait session, I'd identified a potential hazard on the airport floor. Uh, it's a carpeted area, you know, large terminal, whatever you want to call it. And scattered about were red hot Cheeto puffs but the balls so just scatter on the floor so i take my kids like clear across the other part of the airport it wasn't like you know anything was happening it's just somebody dropped a bag of cheeto puffs they'd been sitting there you know i've got a one-year-old and a three-year-old i see that being a problem janitor comes by knocks out the issue i come make my way back to uh waiting on old g dad to come out the uh secure area and uh, i look over my shoulder to see uh uh the woman that lives in this house raises these kids with me his wife um standing uh, over my three-year-old my three-year-old saying that's too spicy no and she no, goes, no no kai what did you do and i'm like thinking to myself that mf or just ate an airport cheeto a floor airport cheeto i was thinking a floor like- airport cheeto at that put this on the rundown. I thought, Oh, he just bought like a, you know, probably a $14 bag of small Cheetos. No, this is a floor Cheeto. You know, no, no. I have a friend, um, you know, him. I don't know how close you guys are. He got a nickname, uh, doing this exact thing. Uh, freshman year, spring break. We were at, you, 
You know what I'm talking about? Well, I'm just wondering where you went on spring break because I've got one. I've heard some things about your spring breaks. Spiff Gedai was sophomore year. Oh, okay. Yeah. But the fresh <laughs> freshman year, we went skiing in New Mexico. My buddy, uh, we were, it was at night and we were, we were drinking. I think he probably smoked a little bit of weed and he just absolutely passed out. He passed out, I think, eating Cheetos and they spilled all over the floor. And an hour later, he wakes up, looks down at the floor, and just starts eating the Cheetos off the floor. And so we call him Cheezer to this day. Loves cheese, yeah. loves Cheetos. But that's how he got the nickname Cheezer. I always thought that he got that name from like a cocaine habit. Seriously, okay. I, not that he ever I ever knew it, but Cheezer, like you know, I don't know. That's like a that's what I thought, but it's actually a lot more harmless, arguably. Was he okay? Well, I, I don't uh, I don't anticipate my son eating them. Uh, any time in the near future, at least the red hot ones. Um, he did have some regular Cheetos later that weekend, but that was Thursday evening. Fast forward to about, uh, or it was Thursday about five o'clock. Fast forward about 2 a.m. Uh, when he stumbles into our room, which happens pretty regularly, um, and he's burning up. Temperature's like at 101. And the only thing in my head is this, this MF has like a, uh, as a, like, what do you call it? A worm, a tapeworm or something. Like all I was thinking is like the worst case scenario, food poisoning outcomes and a parasite parasite. That's, that's probably you have to get term. him on that ivermectin grind. <laughs> and so I'm just like, all right, we're hitting this with Motrin, getting some Pepto. Uh, cause you know, we're 48 hours from seeing nearly 95 year olds, mm. uh, <laughs> in the family. Yeah. I'm like, I don't know that I can, you know, drive him to south, the south side of Chicago for this reunion and same car with, you know, my wife, one-year-old, my dad, all of this. And I'm just like, how the f do we, like, sort this out? Wakes up, no fever at all. But it keeps popping up the last couple of days, and now he's currently at urgent care. Probably okay in good spirits urgent and good care. health. Uh, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. I'm waiting on the final results. So don't think this is a morbid story. It's most likely he just has strep from like an unrelated thing as daycare or something. But uh, if I find out this kid like is about to be on like the world's worst weight loss uh, journey due to eating off the airport floor, like, I don't, I don't know. Can I get an airport renamed after me or at least like free flights out of this? I don't think a tapeworm is in play here. Yeah, I don't know much about tapeworms. I don't think you can get them from eating something off of the floor, yeah, even if it is an airport. I don't think they live on uh, floor Cheetos, but <laughs> I, I don't. I can't it's not say like red meat don't. or lettuce or something. Yeah, <laughs> I don't really know. I think he's probably, uh, probably Under, doesn't have a parasite in his stomach. Undercooked uh, meats, I think, would be. Yeah, well, damn, man. I'm sorry to hear that. Uh, he's okay. There's no like severe symptoms. It's more of like. Oh, the kid's still got a minor, you know, fever. Let's go get it checked out. That's all it is. But just living in your head all weekend, thinking of like whatever the grossest uh, food selection might be, is just no pun intended. Been eating away at me. So yeah, let's do let's do that show. Let's do that show. <laughs> Shouts um, to Kai though. Yeah, yeah, we're thinking good thoughts. Um, yeah, speaking of minor fever, we didn't even put Wander Franco on this rundown. <laughs> What's going on there? <laughs> Guys, allegedly problematic. 
People really don't believe that we didn't have it on the rundown, but we legitimately did not. So I, I tried. I looked to see if there was more, and it's all. I mean, he Watch is now that on the- sail up over the uh, outfield. Just play the natural in the background next time. Yeah, Wander Franco, of course, the guy who had the uh, very swaggy uh, put out from second base. Remember that that flip that he had? Oh yeah, yeah, Same yeah. Guy. That was him. He's a, a very good ball player. 22 years old. Yeah, turns out um, he's been hooking up with someone who's allegedly uh, allegedly hooking up with someone who's uh, not of age. In fact, 14 years not old. Not really he's, even close. He is 22 and she is 14 and she exposed him. Yeah, he is uh, not with the team. So that's really much pretty much all we know. So like, I don't know. I, it, like us, we said, it's not even on the rundown because it's kind of like, all right, well, what are we going to do with this? But we, I think, we we uh, we checked the box. We're about to we're about to talk about some stuff that we're clearly very late on, but it wasn't our fault. It's just scheduling. But um, we're kind of ground floor. We're the only people talking about that story right now. Yeah, it doesn't look good. No, it does not look good at all. There's a, she posted picture. One of her pictures she posted is she's wearing his chain that has a big number five on it, and then of course pictures <clears> with him. So it's it's the evidence is certainly there. So yeah, it doesn't look good. Is there any? Um... Julian Edelman esque situations. I, I don't like. I feel like the chain is about as far as you get, but I feel like the Julian Edelman equivalent was like she photographed the fact that there's no question about what this relationship was, uh, not just oh I wore his chain. Oh, that, we just hung out after the Super Bowl parade. Didn't like somebody Correct. Snapchat like him in his her bed. She was like, oh Correct. yeah, there's Julian Edelman in my bed. There's a picture of of them kissing. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Uh, okay, so there was something, and, yeah. I, and I don't mean to imply like, is there anything like directly illicit? That's why I try to yeah. label it at that. Nothing level. sexual. Yeah. So in that's that's uh, but still seen. that's there you go. Well, well, let's pivot into Johnny football. I'll see ya. <laughs> here's a guy. Here's a friend of the show. Much more fun to talk about. It's um, uh, Top three college football player of all time, Johnny Football, in the documentary, The Untold Story. He is. Top three? I'd say so. That's Dave's list? or That's Dave, That's the D-man's list. Okay. Top five season. How about that? Top had, three season of all time. He had a great season. Um, thoughts? Good buddy, concerns? Questions? Um, yeah, he... he I... I I don't sympathize, really, because I don't know, man. Uh, like, I saw someone make the comparison to the the Manti Teo doc, and he, he came away as a very sympathetic figure. Like, okay, this is a good dude who just kind of got wrapped up in some really embarrassing stuff. He meant well. Good dude. Hope he succeeds. Johnny Football, he came away like, yeah, that's just Johnny Football, man. Uh, that that it, He is who he is. Yeah. It it made a lot more sense, and I think most of the stuff we knew, I had forgot a lot about a lot of it. Um, but yeah, the Manti Teo doc, which we talked about, was you kind of like, oh man, this dude just was very naive at the time, got taken advantage of. Uh, like you said, a good dude. Not that Johnny Johnny football questionable dude. Uh, nice guy. If you ever need a photo, KJ, as you know. Uh, yeah, I would say it's tremendous to know that we were a part of, um, you know, maybe his uh, path back to neutral. Um, yeah, I don't want to say like the reclamation journey, but, 
you know, we were certainly a big part of that latter five minutes of the movie where he's like reconnecting with his father and, you know, maybe becoming just more of a whole person, which is great to see. And I think our four minute encounter with him had a lot to do with that. Uh, big facts. Um, <laughs> he was not famously, he was not with uncle Nate in Montana when we ran into him uh, as uncle Nate, who is a key figure in this doc, uh, his right hand man, the guy he split everything with 80, 20. Uh, they haven't spoken since he, before the draft, which wild. Yeah. That honestly made me sad. I don't know why it shouldn't. I shouldn't really, I'm sure they're both doing fine, but, um, I don't know. It just, it seemed like this dude really, really, um, uh, was integral, integral, integral in the Johnny football PR machine at the time, obviously keeping the heat off of him, uh, a fall guy of sorts. Um, I don't know. I don't like it when they have a, when there's a falling out like that and they don't really give us a hint as to what happened. I, uh, I guess what's your overall thoughts on the documentary in terms of like, like it didn't love it and we don't have to like grade it, but did y'all enjoy I did how I, it was presented or, or the way it was made. I enjoyed it and I really liked it. It was not a, a five part series and they just got, they just got it over with in an hour, 10 minutes, whatever it was. Yeah. I, I thought it was as well done. They, they got to the point of uh, interviews with the key figures. You had the agent there. We had uncle Nate and of course, uh, Johnny football, a lot of behind the scenes stuff. Uh, the biggest reveal for me was the whole, his family is oil money rich thing was completely made up because that was that was the narrative and it was like widespread everyone knew like okay he's affording all this stuff because his family just has a ton of money and you could probably tell that like there's probably some some shady dealings going on here or there but so much money was getting thrown around that it just made sense that this is just family money he was playing golf all the time courtside whichever game that was <laughs> it's like okay it, it all adds up. So it kind of let everyone just let him off the hook. And I was talking to Dave the other day about it. Isn't stuff like that, like pretty easy to verify if your family is, you know, has, has money planted in uh, oil. Yeah. It's, um, that is perhaps the most shocking thing. Um, first to your point about the duration of it or the length of the documentary, I'm complete opposite. I wanted a, you know, three or four part, deal that was more in depth, talk to more of his teammates, maybe acknowledge his teammates a little bit more. Um, but that's fine. Uh, but yeah, especially when the story is his parents have a ton of oil and gas money. So mailbox money, they've got royalty interests, mineral interests, and they're just getting paid for some, you know, they're a great, great grandfather who bought the right piece of property out Pecos way and got retained the minerals. Um, you'd think, a random landman, uh, somebody who goes and runs title, see, you know, they're doing it. They might see, okay, well, let's look at what the Manziel's got. Let's go figure out uh, nobody. And I don't know how much I believe. I'm still not sure if they're running some kind of like um, disinformation campaign to protect the Manziel's because maybe they are actually rich and maybe like there could be some tax heat on them. I don't know if the... I don't know. I'm, I'm just wondering because it is very bizarre. That is a, a kind of a crazy thing to do. I remember, and Dylan didn't remember this, and it might just be like my friends, 
No, no, no. Strays. No, no, no. It's not. No, I wanted to say if you did. over here. Uh, <laughs> I think I'm the only one who thinks this. Uh, the the rumor was that his his family was older. You know, previous generations of his family was related or was uh, involved in organized crime in some capacity. I remember hearing that back then, and it kind of tied in with the money thing. But I mean, I. Dylan hadn't heard that, so I just don't know if that's something that was in my little friend group or what. Uh, I will say that I, I don't know that I remember that specific thing. To the duration of that narrative, I've got one diehard AM, like tech sags, elite member, coworker, like great friend who I probably text almost every single day. Lost a how dumb of a relationship uh, or friendship this is, is that uh, I bet him straight up on uh, A&M SMU, not the Manziel game. Uh, but I think maybe the next time they played in college station, bet him straight up uh, and then shaved Texas A&M to the side of my head as I obviously lost that bet. Um, I almost replied in a message about Manziel because I don't know if you recently saw the news that he's opening a bar named money in college station, which I thought was tremendous timing from a PR standpoint. Um, I almost replied to him because he said, I wonder where he's getting all this money. It's like, well, it's not like he ever needed it. His family has always had money. Like I believed that up until the moment of the documentary, like that was just a part of my knowledge of his history. So that's probably some of the best PR handling. And for that to come from his knucklehead friend, that's, I mean, he needs a, a master's degree from AM for that work. Yeah, agree. Um, I completely forgot that you once shaved AM into the side of your head. <laughs> I, I don't know. Have we seen the photo? I feel like I, I'll, I'll, I think we've probably shared it during a live stream, but um, I do not mind resharing that uh, in addition to our Johnny uh, football photo uh, for, for show posting purposes. Um, speaking of tech sags, um, you'd think being an, okay, it, it's, I'm going to go back to this. It blows my mind that, that if this isn't true, if, if, if this was a lie that no one was even like, uh, no one picked up on the scent because you have Texas A&M big oil and gas school. You have all these schools in the sec. You've got Texas fans. You have message boards. Uh, and I feel like we knew all sorts of shit about Johnny. It was like, oh, Johnny knocked out some guy on a bachelor party this last weekend. You remember that one? Mm-hmm. Like we were hearing all sorts of stuff, not never a peep about about his family. Uh, it looks like his dad's doing pretty well, just kind of living on a golf course, uh, playing golf in the yeah. pouring rain for some reason. Um, can I can I back up a little bit? You made a great point, I guess, or to your point about wanting more episodes than what Dylan said. I think when I finished it today. I felt like that was the right amount, but that there were glaring holes of things that I did not get. They showed a clip when he mentioned like laundering money, essentially through his granddad. He says, my granddad's a fucking G <laughs> they show his granddad sitting there chuckling at the table. I don't think he has any lines or any responses and maybe he did, but nothing to the degree of like, we get his mom, we get his sister, we get his dad as like the voices of the Manzel family. They interviewed his grandfather None of that was really woven into the story. I'm not saying I needed it, but clearly there's some stuff they either had and didn't use. Uh, we get Cliff Kingsbury, but he was the OC. He was not Kevin someone. Right. It ain't like someone's been too busy to participate. 
None of Manziel's head coaches at any level agreed to participate. Hugh Jackson is not too fucking busy to participate. He's coaching like Eastern Tennessee State or something, maybe even just the OC. Uh, like he could use the attention uh, on his profile of wasn't Hugh Jackson his head coach? I I, I may be wrong there. No, I think I think you're right. I'm I I never thought of this. I did or think I it was Hugh weird Jackson that they didn't. Is, is is I might be wrong because Hugh Jackson is definitely. Um, Baker Mayfield's head coach, but I don't remember who the head coach was. Whoever that was, we didn't see him, but he, we didn't talk to any head coaches, maybe sure. the high school coach, but I don't even think that's the case. And then go ahead. No, go ahead. Uh, and then glaringly, I didn't really notice it until the last few minutes. And I was texting y'all like, I, I want to see every single second of this because they showed a, a brief clip of him accepting an award or whatever uh, acknowledgement with Mike Evans on the field. We didn't get a single teammate from any team aside from Uncle Nate. Yeah, good point. If you want to even clarify or like uh, qualify him as that. And I don't know whose decision that is, but there are countless. You could have found the backup, backup fourth quarterback who was doing his drug tests to interview. Like they could have found anybody. Why, why didn't Mike Evans and do they it? didn't like, he's still friends with Johnny. Um, assume, assumedly, I, I don't know. And he, Johnny made him a lot of money and vice versa. <laughs> uh, Bomani on Twitter, Bomani Jones points out something that I completely forgot about that there were five first round picks on that A&M team, which is insane. Not all of them deservingly though. No, no, no. You're right. But five first rounders and, and, his point was like they made it sound like the entire team was just Johnny football, which he was awesome. He was electric. But I mean, yeah, like Mike Evans being one of them. Mike, I'm assuming Mike was one of the five first rounders. Had to be, right? Mm -hmm. um, Mike Evans, awesome. Cedric Ogboyway. I can't pronounce his last name. He was an offensive lineman, one of their guards. I only know it because he ended up with the Jaguars at some point. Luke Jokel, a lineman out of Arlington, who also, I think, got drafted by the Jags, like top five overall. So Jake Both Matthews of them. Too? Jake Matthews, who was actually, you know, pretty decent. So I think three linemen, Mike Evans, and then you might have Christine Michael, second rounder. Oh. Pronounced Christian. Yeah. Is it Christian? Definitely you pronounced Christian. Christine. Oh, that's that's confusing. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Beaumont's out. Um Yeah, and so there was a lot of talent there, but I don't know if that talent clicks without Manzel. I definitely know that talent doesn't work without Mike Evans. <laughs> like there were so many deep balls that were just tossed up and he was as exceptional then as he has been in his NFL career. Um, you know, know, you're the, uh, in addition to the teammates, the glaring omission is like, you'd think his high school coach would be like a fun person to talk to just cause that's a, in documentaries like this. It's the high school coach is always involved. Like, and that's like, it's fun. It's like just sharing a lot of fun stories from how good he was, but nothing. Uh, and I'm sure Johnny didn't, there's probably a number of people on a list like, nope, not talking to this person or this person or this person. Keep it close. Keep it to Cliff. So in they, order for Johnny to agree to do it, because they did it in his house. Obviously, he sat down at length and like opened up to his credit quite a bit. We said that about Manti, like they gave a lot of story. And I wonder if that's the give or, you know, the take of it, like in order to get this info from the star, you give them a little bit of control who's involved, but Dylan, any thought and 
any thoughts on like we're going all over the place here? W- what do you think of his high school team? <laughs> well, first of all, I was going to say they 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 touched on a lot of the story. One part of the story they didn't touch on very much at all was the Colleen Crowley stuff. So yeah. they they touched on it. And he mentioned like the the car situation that was pretty glossed over. I thought, and that was a a very tough situation i think that they didn't and i understand why they didn't want to get into it and probably everyone had a uh, an understanding that we're not going to talk too much about this but that probably in fairness deserved uh, a little bit more attention i think yeah it was At like two minutes in the thing that's it it was and like and no detail was given i know that she had a like restraining order on them and all that stuff so that was uglier than they portrayed in the doc for sure uh what was your 100%. question about his high school team Tyvee? Uh, yeah, Kerrville Tyvee. Any thoughts on like, I don't recall many programs operating in what they portrayed. Like, this is even a few years after my time. Um, so this would have been late 2000s, Kerrville Tyvee, but like, they're doing fucking military bear crawls under wires in sand and like saying his dad like sought out or chose this program because he knew how regimented they were. Which seems very manipulative and bullshit to me, but like all that, I saw that and I was like, "Get the f out of here!" Yeah, That's it, probably why your team never won shit. It also seems like the kind of uh, off-season program that Johnny Football would absolutely not participate in. <laughs> Can you I mean, imagine him like actually no. doing all those drills that his coach tells him to? Do? He's like, "No." Were they crawling under like wire? Were they doing the army crawl? Mm-hmm. Like, that is so. What is that? I in sand know. pits. Th- no one is doing that. Yeah, you don't see that anywhere. Uh yeah, again on Johnny's dad though. You mentioned him. Did you did you notice when he kind of tried to assign blame to the coaching staff at AM for not like keeping better tabs on on his son, being like, hey, you're supposed to kind of help raise him too. Yeah. What the hell? Assigning was a that? little bit of blame. Yeah, that's like, sorry. Come on, dude. When you turn your son over to a program and to coach. Now, granted, every effing coach in college claims that that's the a part of their responsibility, but yeah. every single coach will also say that this is a joint effort. Like that kid is only going to be as strong as like the collection of them. You're welcoming them in. Like it's becoming a, uh, a three-way relationship from a raising somebody into a person uh, standpoint. And Kingsbury said very flat out, I don't really think it was my place to tell him how to live. He was the OC. He's not the head coach. Like, yeah, he's in that room. Yes, it's his position coach. He probably talks to him more, although someone's in an offensive mind too. But like the absence of that someone, and I don't expect Cliff to say like someone, it was someone's job, but there was something unsaid there. Yeah, he seemed to be surrounded by enablers pretty much every step of the way. No one to just check him. His, his agent was just powerless against him. Just like begging him, like, dude, you have the combine in like three days. Just just please keep it together for three more days. That's that all you got to do. I, and just absolutely couldn't do it. I kind of like his agent. I do too. I thought he was a great agent. <laughs> it's a tough job. Like he was very, very matter of fact. And you could tell like it still bothers him how the, how it all ended up. Um, credit to Johnny for allowing them to talk to him and putting that in there. Um, the story, uh, the combine story about uh, <laughs> Johnny's dad potentially faking a heart attack Uh to provide some cover, you know, I sign me up for the agent who does that. 
Like, I want the agent that's willing to to lie about some heart attacks, if we're going to be honest here. Did you think Dallas was going to take him in the first round? Because I absolutely did. Yeah. Dude, they tried. Jerry Jones tried to. That's I wish they would have gotten into Do that Do you want to tell bit. that story? Because I guarantee most of our listeners no. don't know a Dallas Morning News Sports Illustrated like byline that like Dallas local radio talks about way more than people know. Jerry, Jerry was stopped from turning in the Johnny Manziel card by his son, Steven. It's just, I, I'm pretty sure that's that's the gist of it. Like, he yeah. tried to, the reason, and they physically, they got into a physical, they didn't fight, but, like, he grabbed him, and, like, everyone had to basically t- talk him out of it. Correct. And that's the reason that they took all of the time on the clock before that decision was made to put in the card for Zach Martin. Zach Martin, now, by and, the way, upgrade alert. Uh, just uh, agreed to a new deal. I saw that. Holdouts over. Future Hall of Hadn't Famer, Zach that. Martin. Yeah, they that turns out a, to be a wonderful, wonderful move. Uh, shout out to uh, I'm a, I'm assuming that was a Will McClay, our boy, the uh, the GM, yeah. the de facto GM of the Dallas Cowboys. I think Steve, or I think Stephen, was the one who physically got involved. But obviously, Will yeah. was probably the one being like, "Yeah, this this cannot happen." And I'm sure there were other voices in the room. Do you think that would have worked him in Dallas? <laughs> Honestly, I, I don't know that it would have been worse than Cleveland. Now, I think that there's a lot, a lot of shortcomings that all lay at the feet of Manziel. Um, specific, like starting line one, the Colleen Crowley thing, you can fuck up in every other way, like the drug use, skipping practice, all of that is independently self-destructive, like or in, like only on himself and it's only his responsibility. When you get into the domestic violence range, like, you know, uh, all bets are off in that regard. There's no defense there. Um, so would it have worked better in Dallas? I think we could all agree that Dallas has more experience with dealing with people like Johnny Manziel. For sure. And it's mocked widely that Dallas has programs in place, but I would say just at a minimum, the experience of how to, have the credibility of a Jerry Jones or have like the credibility of being the Dallas Cowboys and looking him in the eye. You have to imagine if you're Manziel, you're also looking at the Browns who haven't won anything in ever. And you're like, yeah, I'm better than all of you to whatever extent that's, you know what I mean? Like that would be carried on. He's standing next to Brian Hoyer who has a tremendously respectable career. But like, Again, if you're Manziel, you're not looking around seeing anyone who's quote unquote on your level, so to speak, maybe OBJ, but even then you're in Cleveland. So if you walk into Dallas with that, like he said, he went from one fishbowl city to another, all eyes would have been on him in Dallas, but you can disappear in a in a big city like Dallas, Cleveland's not tiny, but you know what I mean? Like you could have lived in that life, but have had some more well-equipped support. He still wouldn't be in the league, but I don't know that it would crash and burn like this. I'm just thinking about Manziel at uh, Dragonfly at Hotel Zaza <laughs> bottle, like all of the bars that are just made Ghost. for a guy like Manziel to be the quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys and to just go and just tear it up. Uh, and man, that would have been that would have been really uh, it would have been a miserable ex- uh, period for a Cowboy fan, but it would have been really fun for everybody else. I, I I don't think it would have worked out because I don't think like all of the tools inside and out were there. But again, they employed Terrell Owens and from a sports site, like 
they needed a sports psychologist to be involved. He shouldn't have been diagnosed with bi- being bipolar after his career. That should have been known like within six months of being in an NFL organization. I don't think he was going to work out no matter where he ended up. I think he was like destined to fail because he just didn't have like the right wiring for it. But and he looked at zero film. But like a, as a contrarian, like maybe a, a place like Dallas would have been better for him because he was at least like part of like the playground instead of being in mm-hmm. a place like Cleveland. He's like he feels like he's so far away from like action and where he wants to be that he just kind of goes crazy and does like gets into drugs and all that shit and he just kind of feels like he's just in no man's land out there lonely and i don't know this might be unfair comparison but like uh, just everything about him and what made him great at the college level high school level very comparable to um goat mma john jones and just the self-destructive tendencies the you know just like when he gets out there, like he's, I mean, John Jones, uh, arguably the the best of all time. And then off the field or out of the cage, it's like, uh, what wild ass shit is John Jones going to do? What kind of, what, how can he sabotage himself? Um, so some guys just need that action. I don't really know where they intersect, um, but it's just, I don't know. It's wild. And I'm, <sighs> I, I'm happy that they didn't try to shy away from it because they leaned all the way into the party angle and like, I was getting, I got hung over just watching this fucking thing. Just watching them bonging beers, hitting bongs, beer bongs, all that shit. You know what the kids are doing? Probably mm-hmm. popping Zen. Bonging beers, hitting bongs. Hitting bongs, uh, just a lot of bonging. Drinking oh, coffee. Playing beer dye. Um, you should have heard me try to explain the beer dye tables outside of uh, some of the houses here in Madison when I was driving my dad around. Like, I never sounded more old. Oh man. Um, I, I think I referenced spike ball and trying to explain <laughs> it. And I'm like, I've never seen it played live. I've only fucking seen like clips. I don't know what the hell I'm talking about. Anyways. Uh, yeah. Side note, had he ended up in Dallas, there would have been a uh, gentleman, uh, 25 miles to the West who would have been able to, I don't know, just tell him, you know, maybe share an, I am second bracelet with them and just tell them what, what life's lows are really like, because you would have had Josh Hamilton and Johnny Manziel in the same sports metro. That's, that's bad. That's and bad. young Tyler Sagan, but you know, Tyler's a upstanding doesn't need individual. to catch a stray here. Exactly. Well, does not need to catch a stray here. Yeah. As you, you put Johnny Manziel on a Sherlock's, you put Johnny <laughs> Manziel and Josh Hamilton at Sherlock's and Addison or Sherlock's and Arlington. It's a problem. It's an absolute oh. problem, man. The Overall, Josh Hamilton Rangers. Era. Yeah. Yeah. Good. It was, it was good. It was, in, it was under 90 minutes and, I wanted more, but it was it was good for what it was. So shout yeah, out to John. If they did not have the other stuff, they made the right decision. If they had the other stuff, they should have they should have given it to us because you know, uh, could have used it. Think we could get Uncle Nate as a as a guest at some point? Anybody have it? Someone we know. We know someone who knows Uncle Nate, right? Clearly. Surprise <sighs> is not you, KJ. A few years after, uh, but I mean I'm sure that Brett uh, uh, could make a couple calls here, but frankly, like after seeing this, it made me think to the Montana interaction and we did nothing to like beat the guy down or be, uh, just a problem for him. But it did make me wonder, like, obviously Nate's been involved in doing this. So he's open to speaking about Manziel and I'm sure there was some agreement for it, but like, if we did have Nate on, like, would he be in a position? Where he's like, you know, I want to talk something else. 
And if you do run into Manziel, like he's still making money off of being Johnny football or trying to here soon with this new bar. Um, I'm hopeful that, uh, he like whatever effort he's made to like kind of reset, like that's able to continue without like having to kind of blow it all up again. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know where I'm going with that, but it just made me sad to see the whole thing and then think back like our interaction was about as neutral as you could be. You know, there are people who are way fucking worse. Yeah. Um, and, and seeing that ceremony with the, uh, in uniform in their like dress white U S Marines, maybe they're a Navy, uh, midshipmen that were in their uniforms at the very, very beginning, holding out the swords and men's no, walking that's, through. Those were, those were Marines, right? That's the core. It's the A&M core, not actually, oh. um, affiliated with any branch of the military. <laughs> I believe that's what you're referring to. But the signatures after and people coming up to me, Oh, you got to do the money sign for him. I'm like, we, our interaction was not that I wonder how many of those he has to go through on a ra- like just on a regular daily basis? Like yeah, we, I live in fucking Scottsdale too. We were just chunking deuce. We didn't make him do the money sign. We were just trying to get no. out of there, get a pick, go viral, give me a clout. All right, fun doc. <laughs> Riz it up. Riz it up. <laughs> hey, can we talk about our good friends at Rocket Money? Let's yes, talk please. about Rocket Money. Personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps you lower your bills all in one place. Uh, we've got a coworker out here who just realized he had uh, multiple Peacock accounts. Uh, he's previously had multiple ESPN Plus accounts. I I was uh, paying for uh, some podcast platform that I listened to one show on, and for like the next eight months, I'm paying on it. And the reason I found out is because Rocket Money told me over 80% of people have subscriptions they forgot about, and chances are you're one of them like that Stars app just to watch one show or that free gaming trial you never actually used, Rocket Money will quickly and easily find your subscriptions for you. And for any you don't want to pay for anymore, just hit cancel and Rocket Money will cancel it for you. It's that easy. Rocket Money also helps you manage all your finances in one place and automatically categorizes your expenses so you can easily track your budget in real time and get alerted if anything looks off. That's helped me out before. I've gotten alerts like, well, what was this? And I double check. Turns out it was just a, just a little error. Anyway, it saves you a lot of heartache down the road. Over 3 million people have used Rocket Money, saving the average person up to $720 a year. Stop throwing your money away. Cancel unwanted subscriptions and manage your expenses the easy way by going to rocketmoney.com slash bang. That's rocketmoney.com slash bang. We're all huge fans. Rocketmoney.com slash bang. Um, how are we feeling on hard knocks? Quick quick question first. Did they release episode two? I couldn't find it last night. Tuesday nights. Oh, why do I think it was Sunday? Because I I thought the same. I saw okay. yeah, I really thought the same thing. And I was talking to KJ Friday. And yeah, so we just have the okay, first episode to talk. Um, yes, that uh, episode one of this season was my favorite Hard Knocks episode I've ever watched. Really? Yeah, I thought it was <laughs> wow. fucking excellent. Okay. Um, I thought it was good, too. It was. So there's like a moment in between before every football season where I'm like, just like, okay, football's finally here. And I get super excited. That happened during this episode when Aaron Rodgers is just like, putting the ball wherever he wants all over the field. And his teammates are like, we've never seen anything like this before. That was so fucking cool. That was cool. I think Aaron Rodgers is probably – sorry to cut you off there. I think he's probably the most naturally gifted like thrower of a football I've ever seen. Just not the best quarterback. The most just naturally 
gifted, just can fucking sling it guy. It's unbelievable what that guy can do with the football. So that was really fun. Agree. Um, were they okay? Because they definitely leaned into like the teammates. They were basically like stopping what they were doing to watch yeah. this guy, and they were in awe of him. And then the coaches talking afterward, like we got a hall, of, we got a hall of famer at quarterback now. Like because the Jets, it's been a minute for them, right? They haven't had a guy like him under center in a very, very long time, or maybe ever. I don't know. Joe Namath was the last guy. I guess they had Brett Favre for a little bit, but anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was just cool to watch, man. And the, the coach is just talking about, like, look at this throw he makes, and they're breaking it down, like, back shoulder throw all the way across the field. Like, no one's making that throw except for him. How do you feel about um, Zach Wilson? And now he's having to handle all this. Because I, I was waiting for that storyline to kick in because that is the uh, – not the elephant in the room, but that is awkward. Number two overall pick, what, two years ago? Yeah. This is his third, se- third year in the league. And just seeing like him, and he's there, and he's obviously been demoted, and uh, watching all of his teammates be like, "Yeah, now we, we feel like we can win. Now we got this guy." And you're just yeah. sitting there like, "Ah, well." I mean, I'll it's fuck myself. It's so obvious though that he probably is like, "Yeah, I get it." Like it's just so obvious that is, Aaron Rodgers is just far superior at the position. Is he the kind of? I mean, you have to be the kind of person who's willing to be like, "You know what? Like I've been humbled. I'm going to learn from the best, one of the best, and I got to just embrace this." Like. Yeah. Because I, I was worried, to. he kind of put off like he might be disgruntled vibes, um, like just based on like the little that I know about him, um, yeah. outside of uh, outside of his like ability to to pull like really really good looking forty eight year olds. Mm-hmm. Um, but it seems like he's handling it pretty well through mm-hmm. one episode. KJ, your thoughts? You love older women. <laughs> um. I walked away more impressed with how Aaron Rodgers is handling the situation, which is silly because for somebody who doesn't like direct media questioning or direct media attention, he's very good in the media and does a lot of press or does a lot of content creation, I should say. So I shouldn't have been surprised in like how smooth he was in in the limelight. He was at ease. He was relaxed. He looked like somebody who understood None of this effing matters. It is week one of camp. This is hard knocks. Who gives a shit? Ayahuasca like, will do Hall that to you. game. Like he was very at ease. Um, he also looked to be kind of putting on a show in more than one way. I was blown away that the voice of hard knocks was, uh, <laughs> well, Ray Donovan, uh, like that. I didn't expect. And if the guy's, if the character's name is not actually Ray Donovan, I'm just going to let you know, I've never seen an episode of Ray Donovan, but they always show his face and they put the name up and they say Ray Donovan. So if that's not actually Ray, whatever. Um, I had no idea. Uh, anyways, I appreciated the sauce Gardner, uh, segment that, that like completely, Fixed my perception of him only because he dominated SMU when he was at Cincinnati, rightfully so. He's a tremendous talent. Um, and I just thought that, you know, he was somebody who was much more, I don't know, of a not a jackass. I don't really seem insulting. But, like, he did not come off at all how he plays, which is stupid to say, but he's tremendous. It, it really helped my perception of him. Um, and then I would say lastly – about uh, Zach Wilson. Mm-hmm. There's no fucking way this guy can stand in a huddle and look other adult males in the eye and motivate them to do absolutely anything. 
He needs to be playing maybe, maybe in Green Bay. But like that kid is not cut out for anything in the NFL just from a sheer like credibility standpoint. He doesn't have the backbone, much less like the jawline to like make people believe it. That's stupid to say. Like Justin Herbert looks 12, but he's also like 6'6 and physically imposing. Nothing about Zach Wilson like makes you think that this kid is like going to lead you to glory. And he doesn't perform well enough to like make you forget about all that either. Why did you it's, it's why do you think not, he might work the in one. Green Bay? Because it's like the whitest place in America. <laughs> and and it's, Zach Wilson it's, played at BYU, right? So. A little that, but I think that he needs to be playing like. Out of, mm. Not in New York. Uh, Somewhere safer. As somebody who really loved the Andrew Garfield uh, Mormon show or Latter-day Saints show. I was going to say a lot of LDS shows. Chose a very uh, well, there wasn't place. a team close enough. Yeah, there's not not another team close enough to Salt Lake. I could have said fucking Denver, but that doesn't work. Mister Unlimited's there. Cardinals, I seem, I feel like are too swaggy, and Vegas doesn't work out. So Green Bay, the swaggiest, the most swagless team in the NFL. Sounds That's like you're where bearish. Zach Wilson belongs. You're bearish on uh, long term <laughs> Zach Wilson. You're gonna short. You're gonna short his stock. This is finance talk. It works out great for him because, I mean, if, you know, Aaron Rodgers is late in his career, I mean, a minor injury could prove long-term stability for Zach Wilson, but geez, to have 98% of the room be like fangirling over the guy that you're kind of somewhat in competition with, dude, you got to find another house. Nobody yeah. in there wants to see you play. Yeah. Um, I was curious how they would they would handle the Sean Payton stuff, um, and yeah. they they showed you know like you mentioned Aaron Rodgers talking to the media and doing that and who is that interview with NFL Network or ESPN whoever it was, um, you know the keep my coach's name out of your mouth, and just hearing Aaron Rodgers talk about uh, was it Nathaniel Hackett is that the name I'm looking for mm-hmm. Nathaniel Hackett Oh Jesus Thank you for bringing it back to Sorry I shouldn't have dropped it. I thought it was. I thought it was kind of nice. It seemed. It seemed like a legit, a legit respect and friendship. Unless I've just been taken. If I've fallen under the spell of Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> no. It, it, Who was right. uh, last year's uh, Hard Knocks? Uh, Lions. Lions. Card- year before that was the Cowboys. Correct. Cardinals was the end season one, I believe. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Cowboys was it, before. Remember the standout uh, clip from the Cowboys season that uh, Mike McCarthy comes into a meeting room, puts on a movie, and mm. talks about uh, specific moments in a movie. Mojo Remember what movie that was no from well, Austin Powers. Okay, yes, it was Austin. And Powers. now you're you're telling me that Nathaniel Hackett, offense coordinator from Mike McCarthy's years in Green Bay with Aaron Rodgers, is just a diehard Gold Member fan, and they just reference Austin Powers constantly. It's the corniest shit ever. Is all I'm saying. It's like. That was meant to be like his whole like endeared relationship thing. And I'm like, I couldn't stop making fun of Mojo moments two years ago. I'm not letting you off on this one. Yeah, no we can all agree that was a waste of Beyonce's time. Uh, well, she wasn't great in it. The writing was very poor. <laughs> and uh, the movie had lost its novelty at that point. And no one, I promise no one is quoting Goldmember in 2023. Nathaniel Hackett's um, uh, Pirates of the Caribbean. Uh, what's that? What's the main character's name? His new... Johnny Depp, the character, Captain Stab. <sighs> I don't know. It doesn't matter. 
but his facial hair is fucking atrocious. It's not good. He's got to get rid of that. Yeah. Aaron's got to pull him aside and be like, dude. I don't know if uh, he's he the guy to question, do it. He makes some questions about hair <laughs> decisions himself, but my yeah, God, it is terrible. He's probably not the guy to sit him down. Maybe, maybe. Jack, Jack something. Uh, Jack Sparrow. Sparrow. Yeah. Thank you. It's awful. Good job, Randy. Good pull, bro. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say, Randy should be the go-to. I've never seen a second of those movies. Yeah. But yeah, he does He does strike me as somebody who could stand in for the lead singer of Disturbed for at a concert. Okay. That's the look I got from him. <laughs> uh, okay. I didn't expect Disturbed to come up today, but, you know, <laughs> things happen on this show. Um, overall, very happy for this season. I'm very excited for it. I can't wait for the uh, – They we haven't even done any of the rookie stuff yet. We're only through one yeah. episode. That's gonna be that's gonna be fun. That was a big. That I'm, was a good episode last year. I can't wait to fall in love with all the new uh, undrafted free agents, only to see them cut in uh, four weeks. It's gonna be a lot of fun. For and then you're like, oh, they won't show it. They don't do that anymore. They uh, the that. Jets put out like a press statement saying that they will not be uh, when they accepted it. They will not be showing uh, players being cut. You're kind of if you're me, you're like, oh well, they still they're still gonna get signed to the practice squad. That's still cool. I'm like, yeah, trying to think of like any kind of victory. I don't know. I, I like some of these guys. Okay. Zeke is expected. This is breaking. Expected to sign with New England. Okay. One-year deal, six mil. Oh. Miami Dolphins fan. Okay. That's good for him. Yeah. Um. Yeah, if they don't show the cuts live on Hard Knocks, I want them to just do – like the players walking off the practice field and just have his body fade to nothingness, like just fades away. Slowly. Like Field of Dreams? Exactly. Like walking back into the cornfield? Correct. <laughs> hey, is Dalvin Cook still not on a team? Correct. Okay. Or Kareem Hunt. Hmm. But, uh, but Zeke found a roster. Oh, okay. Well, All right. Get okay. him where he fit in. Interesting. Okay. I, don't I know, think uh, the, Deuce, the Deuce Vaughn... Uh, Week one performance of preseason may have uh, made Zeke realize, yeah, I'm not. Sounds like I'm not going back. <laughs> yeah, I'm. I'm willing to. Uh, I'm willing to throw a parade for Deuce Vaughn after I, one preseason game. That kid just squirts through the line, doesn't he? He squirts the word. He squirts everywhere, dude. Yeah, I've been there. Brother. Slippery little fucker. Slippery little fucker. Big fan. Didn't, Big fan. Didn't get the dub. It's preseason. Shut up. <laughs> it <means> absolutely <laughs> nothing. Preseason KJ. <laughs> Oh man, yeah, you're right. They took that L. They did take that preseason <laughs> L. But Deuce looked good, dude. It's it's. I think there's going to be a lot of teams being like, oh, we could have taken him in like the third or fourth round. It would have made sense. Um, or the seventh or the sixth. Yeah, a lot of teams passed up Deuce Vaughn revenge party, including the Cowboys. Including um, the Cowboys. <laughs> uh, anything else on hard not hard knocks? So into it so far, man. Needed it. Needed it. Okay. For your, Robert Sala. Your your hypeness on this is is starting to make me a little bit more hype. Because I, I enjoyed such a great, it. It was such a great episode, man. Okay. We'll see. We'll see if it can deliver. Aaron Rodgers somehow likable? Didn't see that coming? He's maybe he's, he's learned a lot in the last couple of years, maybe. He's like a – I don't know. He's the, a, the way all of his teammates look at him is just like, wow. This dude is actually on our team, and they're so excited for it. It's just fucking cool. Yeah, he can fucking spin it, man. Even you know the the I don't know if like last thing is when he was at Green Bay and they drafted Jordan Love. I don't know how helpful he was to Jordan Love. How he obviously was not happy that they drafted him. 
Um, he said similar to the same quote that Brett Favre made when they drafted Aaron Rodgers. That exactly. It was not his job to coach by yeah. replacement. And you know what? To be fair, there's a lot of quarterbacks who have taken that position. I think look at Romo and Dak early on. Um, Seems to be pretty helpful with Zach Wilson, though. Yeah, and mm -hmm. I, I'm wondering how much of that is like – uh, probably circumstances like he knows he just cucked this guy's job. Um, and the biggest Cam. QB cucking, <laughs> just a, a very visible one. I'm sure Zach Wilson they, was they real made stoked. Him stick around and watch. Yeah, I'm sure Zach was really stoked when they found out that the uh, hard knocks was going to be putting all this on camera. Very cool. Um, all right, I'm a guy who's on camera quite a bit. I'm wearing a hat right now, but I've been wearing less hats on on camera. Why is that? Why do you think that is, Dylan? Is it because you're taking neutral fall? That is it. Okay. Mm -hmm. Hair's looking good. You don't have to choose between better hair growth and your health. There's a holistic solution for men that promotes both healthier hair and whole body wellness. Get ahead of thinning hair with Nutrafol's whole body approach to hair growth. No drugs, no compromises. Nutrafol is the number one dermatologist recommended hair growth supplement clinically shown to improve your hair growth, thickness, and visible scalp, scalp coverage. I've been using this stuff for six to six months to a year, something like that. I'm definitely noticing it. Um, I feel good when I take it. Nutrafol's hair growth nutraceuticals go beyond genetics to multi-target the root causes of thinning, including stress, hormones, nutrition, metabolism, aging, and lifestyle through whole body health. Uh, physician formulated using natural medical grade ingredients. Nutrafol's drug-free patented technology provides consistent, reliable results without compromising your sexual health. Hey, hand up. In my 20s, might've taken something. Uh, might have taken a prescription that uh, actually does compromise your sexual health. This wish not. I had this. Wish I had this in my twenties. Might have suggested it has the opposite effect of compromising your sexual health. You've never been sexier. Just saying. In a clinical study, men showed progressive improvement in hair growth and thickness after three and six months. Nutrafol is also trusted and recommended by more than three thousand top doctors, including my own dermatologist. You can grow thicker, healthier hair and support our show by going to Nutrafol.com and entering the promo code DIP to save $10 off your first month subscription. This offer is only available to U.S. customers for a limited time, plus free shipping on every order. Get $10 off at Nutrafol.com, spelled N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L.com. Use promo code DIP. Talk a little Phil. Big week for Phil. The book, the book that's been uh, referenced for like the last two years, uh, is finally getting some excerpts put out there. Mm -hmm. And um, uh, you know, this is not the kind of pub you want if you're Phil. Uh, not that it really matters, but we are learned. We have learned that um, he has allegedly wagered more than one billion dollars on football, basketball, and baseball over the past three decades. And allegedly attempted to bet on uh, the Ryder Cup he was playing in, uh, betting for the U.S. U.S. team. For now, the record, that number, like total, that's a total of his bets, right? So it, it's a little uh, misleading. Like I could sit down at a blackjack table and I could wager like twenty grand over the course of a weekend, but I'm, I'm probably going to be down like sixty bucks. You know, like it's just a total. Like you're going to break even in most of those, and it's anyway. It's still ridiculous. I'm just saying. And put, put it in perspective a bit. Proportionally, like, Phil's got it like that. He's got it like that. Like, yeah. it's, it's, I don't, I thought I saw somebody on Twitter doing like a breakdown. Like, okay, compared to the, if this, if you were uh, somebody who made $100,000 a year, 
this is what that would look like. And it actually makes a lot more sense. But, um, Phil, Phil's, Phil's hit such a weird part of his career. He was actually, he almost, he lost to Cam Smith in this week's live event, which I didn't watch, but, um, pretty impressive for a guy. Did you watch? No. Okay. Well, don't say that. <laughs> you said it like you were like glued to it. Uh, no, but I know it was Cam's like third win. That's you saw the same tweet I did. Very cool. <laughs> <laughs> um, Walter's the guy who's writing the book. He's viewed as one of the more successful professional gamblers in recent memory, with sports books limiting the amount he could wager at their establishments. He was convicted of insider trading in 2017 and served five years in federal prison. Mickelson was named in that insider trading case. He was not accused of wrongdoing, but agreed to pay back close to $1 million earned on his stock tip he received from Walters. That's interesting. $1 million is nothing to fill, but it's still interesting. I remember all that going down. I forgot that was the resolution. Um, Phil's just, this doesn't really change how I feel about him at all. Like, this is like, oh, yeah. I kind of figured it's fun to see the numbers and it's fun to see a billion dollars tossed around. But at the end of the day, it's like, yeah, I kind of knew this was Phil's thing. He's pretty full throttle. Yeah. Yeah. None of the, yeah. I mean, we've, we've heard about Phil and his, his gambling for a very long time. None of this is that surprising. I mean, the, the dollar figures are, I guess, but fuck man. KJ, you got anything I've, on it? No, nah. Really, all I wanted to do is go back and just confirm that um, in spite of all the things we've ever heard about Phil and his money, not really issues, but like habits with gambling and over tipping and being very generous. Like I always thought it was kind of funny that his main sponsor was like one of the big four accounting firms, including some of the uh, uh, SEC issues he's had in the past. Uh, and the only time or at the point that actually broke that relationship was uh, – when he signed the $200 million reported $200 million signing bonus with uh live golf is when KPMG us, uh, that's they, ending their relationship. That's where they draw the line. Surely. Even though like he would have to wear a team hat from then forward and the value of that relationship would have diminished significantly, but Hey, you know, at least they, uh, they were able to kind of get out on a high note, but yeah, uh, I think it's kind of baller if like your entire persona is built on just being kind of rich as fuck and uh, being willing to gamble like him and Barkley both get away with this. I think Jordan kind of has a little bit of negative negative connotation associated with his gambling addiction issues or gambling habits. I shouldn't say addiction issues, um, but Phil Barkley, like everyone knows they've lost a ton or gambled a ton, but everyone's like, yeah, yeah, it's just who they are. It's yeah. It's just that Phil's still kicking, still playing, and still yeah, competing that's in true. majors and gambling on active events and whatnot. <laughs> Potentially gambling uh, on himself on the Ryder Cup. <laughs> um, before we party, I want you guys to just kill two minutes while I uh, go drain the main vein. You know what I'm saying, oh, dude? Don't say it like Jesus. that. That's what people say. Sorry, cold brew got me. When you are like um, crazy rich like that. I understand wanting like to gamble just for like the thrill of being interested in stuff you wouldn't otherwise be interested in. But when you're doing like six figure wagers, man, you're like you're already rich. You're already there. Like why why are you it's crazy to me like to risk that much of I wonder your, of your wealth. 
but you don't you feel like every time we hear about these personality types, like they're the same intense personality types that would sweat a $5 bet with you over nothing. If you knew them, like if you were there in person, not that we know anybody's betting a hundred thousand dollars, but like they're the same type Jordan, for example, when we saw that documentary he's betting with like the security guard, $20 or whatever. And he's sweating that or just as intensely interested in a $20 bet as he is to a hundred thousand dollar wager. It's just about like, the thrill of competition. Yeah. And, and I wonder at what point does like exhaustion hit? Not with like the thrill of winning or losing or chasing a gambling win, but like, I feel like there's a lot of energy put into gambling. Like just think about filling out a weekly pick them for the NFL or for college or whatever. And you've got to pick your 15 teams every single week. Like even if your stakes are low, you're putting a little bit of energy into it. Unless of course you, you know, you've got a good partner like DraftKings. but no, like if you're seriously like going out and like wagering big dollars, aren't you like scouring for some notes here or there or trying to find a guy with a tip? Like eventually like, I don't know. I just, that seems like it would take a lot of time. I feel like at that level, when you already have that much money, I feel like winning another hundred grand is like a Eh. feeling. It's like, cool. I already have, I already have a bunch, but if you losing, it's got to hurt more, like much more (laughs) than winning. Yeah. That's a great point guys. (laughs) I love it, man. Hey, daddy's back. All right, let's go. Let's party. Time to party. party. It's the part of the show where we talk about some things and we party at the same time. What's so funny? Are you reading Run It Back? You're looking ahead? Of course. It always cracks this me up. This guy. Hey, um, just want to give a quick thought to the uh, the new Titan Stadium rendering. Randy, if you may. Um, and I just want to caution everyone because we are, um, the three of us, I think we're all Texas Rangers fans, first place Texas Rangers. Um, we've got a new stadium, a couple years old. And um, this rendering that's been going around, uh, this tweet here is from Front Office Sports of what the Titans' new stadium will look like. It looks very uh, PlayStation-ish that's been tossed around. But I want to caution everybody. It doesn't mean it's going to look like this. As uh, a fan (laughs) of the Rangers who thought their stadium from the outside would look much different, and now it looks like um, a charcoal, or what what do we say, a gas grill? A shed, mm-hmm. a shed, Wait, a tough is, shed. What do the uh, like initial renderings look like for the Rangers' new stadium? It didn't look like it didn't look as metally. It looked cooler. It, there was a lot more glass involved, um, but we we cut some corners. Maybe we were running up against some heating heating and cooling issues. This looks um, sick. I'm not sun. gonna lie. No, this does look dope. This does look Real dope. Sick. They still have it. Kind of looks like they the sports, uh, took a survey of all the new like restaurant slash gaming locations like this is the new top golf slash bowling slash surf and bar and eat joints and just built it into one stadium like it that's just kind of what it reminds me of it is doing a lot that's a that's a good way to put Mm -hmm. it the inside looks fairly plain by modern uh stadium standards i would say outside looks dope inside like like the actual field part of it looks it's just a it's just a nice stadium there's nothing like I mean, SoFi has that ridiculous, yeah. you know, video panel all the way around. Yeah. The Cowboys obviously have the one hanging over the field that gets in the way of punts. Uh, but this is just like, <laughs> eh, okay, that's nice. And this is going to be downtown per the rendering. That's uh, that's pretty dope. Must be nice, man. They didn't find a – no offense, KJ. They didn't find a terrible suburb 30 minutes out of town to put their football <laughs> stadium in. Mm-hmm. No offense. 
I can't talk. <laughs> just didn't knock down anyone's childhood childhood neighborhood or anything. It's almost as nice uh, as the new Prosper uh, facilities. Bring that up, Randy. <laughs> Prosper High, Prosper, Texas, which is a Dallas suburb, correct? Yeah. Or is it just north of Dallas? Is it considered a suburb? <sighs> it is. It, it's a Dallas Fort Worth suburb. It, it is a. It is. I believe a little bit closer to Dallas. I'm not. If I'm not mistaken, I've never been up there. It feels like it's halfway to Oklahoma from Dallas. Um, but this is unbelievable. Yeah, the new high school. The tweet that's going around. Um, let me get that weight room real quick. This is. I think about the high school weight room where I went to school, and which is a pretty big school. And um, I know there's obviously more money getting put into football programs. This looks like. A, this looks like a D1 college. Absolutely. Weight room. It absolutely does. It's insane. The basketball arena looks like a college. It's just a small version of a of a bas of a college arena. It's it's so freaking nice. They have an indoor football facility that's I think probably nicer than, than the University of Texas one, which is they're replacing that in a couple of years. But it, it's this is just unbelievable. Let me get that food court. They have like the <laughs> they have like the the screen hanging over the 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 basketball court like you see at actual arenas. Like you don't see that in high school. We got some healthy options for the for the fellows. We got Jimmy John's. We've got something else. We got Sonic. No place hops like Sonic, Dylan. Get some tots. Mm -hmm. You ever get some tots at lunch? Uh, yeah, I have, Dave. KJ? Uh, I'd be down for a uh, chili cheese dog from uh, Sonic more often than not. Did either of y'all have, uh, like, the food court sitch at high school? No, we just had we had like a we had a Pizza Hut station on like one day a week. A little personal size Pizza yeah, Hut. Yeah, most it was just a cafeteria line with like really generic food. Uh, we had carts, so they had the cafeteria with the standard uh, district meals or whatever. But then stationed around campus because they tried to keep everyone on campus. Uh, growing up in the uh, post Columbine era, post nine eleven era. Um, they had like a uh, Chick-fil-A cart where you can go get you uh, some fry waffle fries or sandwich with or without pickle. You also could hit up like a Subway, like pre-wrapped six-inch subs, and you had like three options there or the Pizza Hut cart. None of those applied, you know, because uh, your boy would be off campus just trying to get second or third base or something. You want to know a name that uh, is a notable Prosper High School alum? How about um, former Red Raider great Davis Webb? Went okay. to Prosper. Okay. Quarterback. Very cool. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Fun Very time. Cool. Yeah. It's interesting because like you, you think about Allen High School, uh, which is like a powerhouse, you know, one where Kyler went, won a number of state championships. Prosper, good program, but you don't really think of it as like a all right, let's put in fifty million dollars for the high school football team. Not that kind of program. Yeah. But we'll see what they do it, this year. It's a, it's a good uh indication of what's going on in the North Dallas area. You mentioned Allen. People have seen the headlines about the $40 million stadium they built. McKinney, Texas built a similar stadium that's just north of Allen or nearby. Prosper just being even further north. That's where the suburban sprawl is. And like the money comparisons, it's just kind of how it goes. What's wild in my last note on like dragging this way out is you would think that like a little of this money would just go to standardizing or not standardizing, but making it a requirement to have indoor practice facilities for Texas high school football. Mm -hmm. Talking about this a little bit this weekend, like nobody should be practicing outside for high school football anymore. Man. That should just kind of be how do you get this not stadium situation, but indoor facilities need to be mandated. That's my soapbox. A lot of them just say, All right, we're, we're going to start practice at 5 30 in the morning before it gets too hot. Dumb. Yeah. 
All right. James Harden called out Daryl Morey in China. Thoughts? China. China. That's a mess. That's a mess in Philly. That's it was it was honestly one of the funnier videos I've seen. I forgot it, it even took place in China. It just makes it funnier because uh, if you'll remember Daryl Morey quite um he was applauded by many, maybe even on the show for speaking out against China. And then there's a backlash, and he had, I think he had to apologize. I don't know. But James Harden in China on a basketball, uh, some kind of basketball trip. Um, called him out, said he's lying, wants to be traded. Gonna be a gonna be ugly start of the season for the 76ers. And then no uh way. Yeah, I know, right? Who would have thought? Trust the process. And then you got Michael Orr. KJ, did you see the blind side? I did not. <laughs> did you? I'm yeah, the only one who has. I, I have not seen the blind side. I I know the story. I know everything about it. I just Me too. get uncomfortable watching what could be deemed as white savior films. It's a whole nother we'll save it for another oh. day. But like the basis of the story was kind of weird to me. So I I opted out. But uh, Dylan, does this change your opinion of uh, Sandra Bullock's uh, heartfelt tale brought to you by Disney? Winner an Academy Award. I still write hard for Sandra Bullock. It has nothing to do with what's going on here, by the way. She you didn't die both. Uh, she, mm. just, she just played a, a real person. Uh, a real person with a bad Southern accent. Yeah. Said it, it. Man, uh, it really makes like the movie and the story. I think there's a book, too. It makes the family look like really incredible generous people and, and if what is being alleged is true it obviously taints that whole situation so i don't know what to think i guess we'll wait for uh more stuff to come out about this but it doesn't look good for the tui is that how you say it tui family i, I think it's tui um it, was their story was in the movie tui. that they actually adopted him because it turns out they didn't actually adopt him. I, I think that that is how it's portrayed in the movie. It has yeah. been a minute since which I've has, seen it. Which but. has obviously some some uh, significance, uh, legally speaking. Right. And apparently right. Michael Ward didn't make anything off this movie. And he, I think he alleged that he's alleging that they made hundreds of millions of dollars. Hundreds of, of millions? That's what he said. The movie the movie grossed $300 million. The family has certainly like received royalties. But as he is not family, he has received none. Um, but at the time when it was making all that money, he, I think, looked at it as kind of like, great, this is kind of the payback and was focused on his football career when this was going on. Only now, after his career, he's kind of learning some of the details in which mm. he now stands to not make any A of that A very money. lucrative career, by the way. Correct. He, he had a good which career. shouldn't, you know, shouldn't change matter. anything. I mean, no. if anything, like his success is like what's driven the movie. Like nobody would care if this was guy fizzles out in third year of college mm. absolutely all right time to run a bag of course that is the segment during which we talk about what we already talked about noodle arms shane bouchelle made exactly one good play in nfl preseason game and these guys are getting all excited about it i feel like there's some editorial kj's there. kid ate airport floor cheetos and got sick update he does not have strep throat okay big, big for the squad big ups Dylan did remember that one Johnny football detail that Dave remembered. That Sorry, I, that, no, it's my, my larger point was that I was maybe making it up. Johnny Manziel was bonging beers, hitting bongs. Fuck yeah, doing Zen. KJ thinks Zach Wilson isn't a leader because of his poor jawline, which he pointed out. Mm. Fact. And finally, Hard Knocks episode one was Dylan's first horny moment of the 2023 football season. That mm. concludes running back. Fantastic show. Four Co out of five eggplants. Covered a lot, a lot of ground. We'll be back next Monday. 
we'll have a definite schedule for the DraftKings yeah. live stream. I think you're going to have fun. Oh, hey, shout out to uh, shout out to uh, the our Duncanville guys signing. Uh, you had the Colin Simmons UT announcement. You had Caden Durham signing at LSU. It is Corian Moore. They didn't sign. Well, anymore. okay, verbal. They committed. It's a verbal commitment. Corian doesn't sign Texas. for a year and a half. Got to recruit through the yeah. buzzer, Dylan. You got to recruit through the end, man. That's I, something you learn. We'll see if he stays at LSU. We'll see. Texas landing the number one recruit in the class is a huge, huge, huge testament to the Arch Manning greatness. So, shouts to him. Mm. Very cool. Uh, until next time. Bye-bye. Bye. I don't want my chips with the dip. That's all I know. I don't want my chips playing. I want my chips with the dip. So, bring them dips. When my team wins a big game, it's good. But when my team doesn't win the big game, you better look out, Buster. I'm a loose cannon. This is not good at all.